Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Uh, July has uh, not disappointed me so far. We have a lot more to talk about than what I really anticipated. So much uh, going on in our area, but also around the sports world in general. Last night, or yesterday, before we uh, left this uh, this show, Dennis, mm-hmm. we we're talking about the whole Northwestern football uh, situation. Pat Fitzgerald, their uh, head coach at the time, was uh, serving a two-week suspension. Basically, unpaid vacation for two weeks. After we got off air, he was officially fired. It was an easy thing to predict, Chris, because I think I told you, I said, would not surprise me if Pat Fitzgerald is not the head coach of Northwestern this upcoming season. It it literally took about 20 minutes after I said that for things to really happen. I I think I expected the same thing as well, but I think think the timing of it uh, was something that, like, we were just talking about this. And then also, like, you know, based off of what the, the AD uh, for uh, Northwestern, you know, he, he has to basically kind of go back after giving the two-week suspension, has to go back and say, oh, this needed well, something a little bit more well, harsh. Was the, the president that said that. Or wasn't the, pre- the athletic, It was the president of the university that made the decision. It wasn't the athletic director. So that's the part that uh, I thought was very interesting, which uh, leads us to this. Um, of course, Pat Fitzgerald um, is uh, – he has – a, uh, a statement out talking about his side of this, and we'll read uh, part of that to you. Pat Fitzgerald saying this, quote, Last Friday, Northwestern and I came to a mutual agreement regarding the appropriate resolution following the thorough investigation uh, conducted by Miss Maggie Hickey. This agreement stipulated a two-week suspension. Therefore, I was surprised when I learned that the president of Northwestern unilaterally revoked our agreement without any prior notification and subsequently terminated my employment. So he goes on to say that, he is lawyering, lawyering up. Mm-hmm. Easy for us to say. Yeah, that was hard for me to say, apparently. And then uh, he's uh, going to take the ne- quote, take the necessary steps to protect his rights in accordance with the law. So this thing is not over. So for those who don't know uh, what's happened, let's try to catch you up. Um, there was a little bit of a timeline. So back on November thirtieth, twenty twenty-two, Northwestern received an anonymous complaint. Uh, via email regarding hazing allegations within the football program. Uh, the person who's um, levying these allegations, he is anonymous. We don't know who this player is. Uh, that anonymous complainant spoke with um, a person by the name of Maggie Hickey, who's uh, doing this uh, uh Investigation. She was hired by the university as an independent attorney to investigate what was actually happening at the school. Uh, this person was alleging uh, basically harassment, uh, sexual misconduct, uh, and a lot of kind of heinous things that mm-hmm. it's kind of tough to, to say it by just straight out right here over FCC airwaves. I, I would suggest if you're interested in this and you've been living under, under a rock the last few days to go read about it. Uh, for yeah, sure, because it's a lot that's there. The Northwestern student newspaper put all the graphic details out there. Um, and then uh, just uh, this past Friday, uh, because of the findings from this and now things becoming public, 
from this investigation. Um, basically, the investigation said that, hey, this this type of stuff did happen. It did go on. Um, but there was um, a little doubt as to whether Fitzgerald actually knew about it. Yeah. That was inconclusive. Uh, Fitzgerald maintaining he did not know about it. But here's another thing that's been happening. Fitzgerald has been with uh, Northwestern as a coach since 2006. Former player there, too. Former play, player there. You know who's hired in 2008 and left in 2021? Jim Phillips. ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips was actually uh, Fitzgerald's boss. So this uh, student that is remaining anonymous, former player for Northwestern, he's basically saying if you are with the team from 2020 until 2023, you knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. This is the time uh, span for this particular player. Jim Phillips left in 2021. So there are some people who are online wondering, does Jim Phillips know? Did he know anything about what was going on? Yeah. Did he receive any complaints um, about this beforehand? Maybe Jim Phillips knows nothing. But I do know that in a couple of weeks when ACC has their kickoff in Charlotte, and that's the official unofficial beginning uh, to college football season, Jim Phillips probably has a lot of questions Outside of the problems with the ACC, mm -hmm. probably has a lot of questions to answer about this as well. He's going to, and this is where things get murky because, again, who knew what and who knew it when? Right. That's that's something that we just don't know. We don't know what Fitzgerald do, and if, if, if Pat Fitzgerald didn't know, how do right. you expect the athletic director to know? Right. Um, so, again, this also oftentimes, like I said yesterday, coaches generally stay out of the locker room. That's a player's place. But that doesn't mean you're not fostering or enabling this kind of behavior in a locker room. But if a coach doesn't know, I would not expect an AD to know. And it, it, it took real. somebody, and that's the thing. That's real. And that's very real. It, it took someone just this past November to send in the out these allegations about the hazing locker room. Was just this past November, so we we're talking so Jim eight months there. ago. So Jim yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, he was with um, the ACC. So yeah, there there definitely are questions like how did you know or you know that kind of stuff. But I'm not trying to absolve anyone or say anything. Anyone did something, uh, but nonetheless, there's obviously a, a long time of crossover there. We don't know how long this hazing has been taking place within the program, but from our understanding no one actually really spoke up about it yeah until this past november well this player is basically at least saying reached the higher places i should say this player is basically saying since he got there so 20 at least 2020 yeah that it's been happening and and it feels like and i don't want to put words in that player's mouth but the way he's describing what the what the vibe is what the what the community was like in that locker room it feels like this is something that this player thinks that has been happening uh, but that's not something that we know. We don't know that for sure. Uh, President Michael Schill, the one who uh, did fire Pat Fitzgerald, he said this in a letter to the school, quote, the decision uh, comes after a difficult and complex evaluation of my original discipline decision imposed last week on Coach Fitzgerald for his failure to know and prevent significant hazing in the football program. Ultimately, decision to originally suspend Coach Fitzgerald was mine and mine alone, as is the decision to part ways with him. Now, with that, we have to talk about actual football because what happens with these players? Now, we do know that uh, a, a coach on the defensive side will be their uh, 
I guess, acting coach as of right now. Um, But Pete Thamel from ESPN, uh, he talked about uh, on on SportsCenter what could potentially happen with this program. And because there is a coaching change, well, players could actually leave and hit the portal right now without any penalty. And it's not an overstatement to say that the, the roster in the future of Northwestern football is extremely tenuous. Every player on that roster can transfer right now because of the coaching change and can be immediately eligible wherever they go. There's an expectation that there could be a flood to the transfer portal. And certainly I had a source text last night saying it's open season on Northwestern's roster. So that's going to be very interesting to see what ends up happening there. If, uh, if they can't fill the full team because everybody has decided to leave or hit the portal, does Northwestern have a season? Now, that's just us speculating, right? That that may not happen, and and maybe uh, they will still have a, a season, and maybe uh, as many people won't hit the portal as we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some local connections on that roster, and um, it'll be interesting to kind of find out. Now, there is one article coming from the Winston-Salem Journal that's yeah. already saying – that one of the names floated out there that could potentially be a name that Northwestern could go after is Wake Forest head coach Dave Clawson. Another name floated out there is Duke head coach Mike Elko. We could talk about that a little Mm -hmm. bit later on the show, Uh, but just just the initial reaction, I don't see that for Clawson. Elko? I don't know. We'll definitely dive into that Elko, a little bit later uh, on for sure. There are a lot of layers to this conversation. There's a lot of layers to this. And, yeah, so, again, it's just – there's the the legal aspect of it in terms of what Pat Fitzgerald is doing, suing the school, him taking legal action. Would not surprise me if there's a legal investigation in terms of an actual looking into the misconduct. Yes. Are there going to be criminal charges? Because the things that are described are harassment and assault in various ways. Do we have that? There's a lot of different layers that go onto this. Okay, then talk about the players and the coaching. So there's there's so many different things that go into something like this. This thing is far from over, Chris. Far from over indeed. Um, let's try to put a bow on this as much as we yeah, can. Well, we'll, but we'll, we'll definitely get into it a little we're, bit We're going to get it more into it later on the show, but there are more things to talk about, Dennis. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. Oh, we got the breaking news sounder. Brendan Lemieux, the latest <laughs> Carolina Hurricane sighting. One-year contract, $800,000, the latest uh, Carolina Hurricane. Now, wasn't the news we expected? It's not. Now, here's the thing. Okay, who's Brendan Lemieux, okay? Been in the league for about six seasons. Not related to Mario. No, not that we know of. Um, 26 going on 27 years old. Best way to describe him is the guy likes to hit other people, either with his own body or his fists. Can can but, I can I say goon? Is I want okay to throw, I I, I throw that out. You wouldn't say that. He's okay. not Milan Lucic. Okay, but he could be that if we need him to be. <laughs> he could be that, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. 
<laughs> so Brendan Lemieux, he's a he's a fourth line guy. He played forty five games this past season between both the L A Kings and the Philadelphia Flyers. Scored nine points, three goals, six assists, or or two and seven, I think. Either way, not a lot of points. He had six fighting majors in 45 <laughs> games last season in the regular season. The Canes in 82 games of the regular season had five as a team. Just saying. <laughs> he outdid we, the, we, the, the Carricanes by himself. He did. We might, we might see a few more scraps uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes this season in that regard. But he's just that he's a bigger body, 6'1", 215, just a, a physical guy. And his six full seasons in the NHL, or four or five, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, um, over 100 hits in every full season that he's played in the NHL. 100-plus hits. So, yeah, he's a big-body guy. He's over throw 100 his hits around. in 45 games. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the dude throws his weight around. Okay. So, yeah, expect him to skate and when he does dress eight, ten minutes a night. It probably has like four or five hits. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's what you, that's what you can expect. Finish the season with like three goals and maybe six assists. Hey, you know what? You'll take every point. <laughs> every point that he gives you is a gift. That's an Amazon Prime deal. Every point that he gives you is a gift. Uh, but nonetheless, that's that's what he's going to bring to the team. So, Brendan Lemieux, just a one year, eight hundred thousand dollar contract. Uh, think of what uh, Derek Stepan did this past season, but just a more physical version of Derek Stepan. So it's very interesting seeing that, right? Because like we knew that this whole time in the offseason that the Carolina Hurricanes, we thought the number one thing for them was to get goal scoring, right? And they did, again, address that a little bit with Michael Bunting. Mm-hmm. But they've gone defense, and they're going like – they're going – what's the word I can use? I'm trying to use a, a nice word that describes – what Lemieux is without using the G word, without saying goon. Let's get adding physicality. Adding they're, physi- they're getting heavier, as adding they like physicality. to say. They're getting okay. heavier. Adding some physicality. That, that's probably a, a good way to use it. Um, and it, it, it's starting to make me kind of wonder if the Canes feel like if they have the, staunch, the staunch defense that's not going to let anybody do anything, mm-hmm. not going to give anybody any room whatsoever – and if you have the guys that are going to, you could put on the ice and say, hey, you know, this guy's trying to make it hard for us, go go make it tough for him. And you put somebody like Lemieux out there. If the Canes feel like the forwards that they have are able to operate better with that on the ice, mm-hmm. like, is that the case now? Like, maybe maybe Terrell Vinen, maybe Natchez, maybe others can be better goal scorers because of this guy. Because of the the staunch defense. Well, yeah, I think that's something that they're going to bring, is that. I I see what you're saying. But it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of that extra thump to your roster, especially come playoff time. Thump, thump, thump. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's not the only (laughs) deal that the Carolina Hurricanes might not be part of. We talked extensively yesterday about there's still Vladimir Tarasenko floating around out there. But the reigning Norris Trophy winner. Eric Carlson from the San Jose Sharks. Sharks are looking to trade him. According to Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet up in Canada, you know they're up in Canada, so you know they know hockey. Eric Carlson, again, the reigning Norris Trophy winner for best defenseman in the NHL. Canes are in the running. I think it's a bit of a poker game. I I think that San Jose knows what 
Carolina is willing to do. I think they know what Pittsburgh is willing to do. I think both those two teams know what San Jose is willing to do. And I think right now it's it's kind of a poker game. See, does anyone move or anyone change or does anyone's position change? You know, I think this will get done most likely to one of those two teams. Uh, I just think it's a situation right now where no one is 100% happy, so we're not there. And I think if we learned anything with the Brinkett, uh, somebody has to be willing to move to kind of change the the whole pulse and where things stand. And so I think the question is going to be is, you know, who's willing to bend a little bit to get this done? And the Debrinket he's referring to is Alex Debrinket, who got traded from the Ottawa Senators to the Detroit Red Wings, ended up signing a four-year contract extension. Now, Chris, this is where things kind of get tricky. Okay. Now, Brent Burns and Eric Carlson were on the same team. Used to play together. In San Jose. Together for five seasons. Now, Carlson last season dealt with some injuries and things like that, or I should say 2021-2022, dealt with some injuries a little bit, um, so the numbers dipped somewhat. But this is a guy who at multiple points in his career has scored 20-plus goals, 70-plus points, whether it's back in his time in Ottawa, or even like I mentioned, over 100 points last season as a defenseman. He had 25 goals, 76 assists. So the, the time to sell right now is high for San Jose. You're not yeah. going to get any better value for him right now. I'm not saying he's going to be a 100-point guy but if, he, if he comes to Carolina. Well, the last time Carolina had a 100-point player in a season, Eric Stahl back in 05-06. It's been a minute. It's That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. This is where the logjam thing comes in, right? Because we talked about Dmitry Orloff was yeah. signed. You're not going to pay $7.75 million to Dimitri Orloff to be a third defensive pair. No, you're not. Eric Carlson makes over $11 million. Hmm. So San Jose Sharks are going to have to retain some of that contract. But Carolina only has three, well, now with the signing of Brendan Lemieux, about $2.5 million in cap space, roughly. So things are going to have to move. If you're going to, if you're in the running, like, like Friedman says, to get a guy like Eric Carlson, guys on your roster right now, core pieces are going to have to move. Simple as that. And you're not going to carry seven NHL defensemen. No. I mean, you're not going to – and there's still that rumor of Tony D'Angelo trade as well. You're not going to trade for Carlson and not give up a defenseman. I was going to say – Or if, two. I was going to say, if, if if Carlson comes, I don't see the point in, in D'Angelo. And honestly, right now – No, you, you, there's no point for D'Angelo. I don't right. see the point in D'Angelo right now. Just if, no. if things are going to stay – I know they're not going to stay as is – but if things, you know, stay as is, I don't see the point in D'Angelo now. Do you think maybe D'Angelo comes first and then he's then taken to you and he's used in exchange for Carlson? Is that something that could be possible? Almost like a Chris Paul situation, Phoenix to Washington over to So like make it like a Golden State like, like basically yeah. flip him? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, he's going to be cheap this upcoming season. He has one year left on his contract, and according, mm. and he only, is that five million bucks? But according to the deal that the Carolina Hurricanes conditionally had made with Philadelphia, was Philly was going to retain half of that salary. So you're looking at two and a half million dollars in cap. I don't know. That could be a thing that could possibly happen. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice: expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, 
your choice.